1: Chris Olson uh, coming to you with the RotoWire UFC 282 DFS and betting preview. If you think the people next to me uh, don't look like Joe and Sean, well, that's because they aren't. Uh, we had a couple of uh, late replacements this week. Joe had a birthday. Sean also had a birthday, but that is not why he's here. He is sick, so we wish him a speedy recovery. But uh, gentlemen sitting next to me will fill in. Um, they, they will fill in, uh, very well. And then some, I have the MMA monk who regular viewers of the show will recognize as someone who has been here before and, uh, welcome Drake Burden, who writes articles for Roto as Drake's takes Uh gentlemen, How are we doing tonight?
2: I'm great. Yeah. Doing fantastic. Glad to be back on for sure. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Um, you know, I th- we have uh, we have a decent card here, I would say. A lot of late replacement fights, which kind of makes things strange. Um, not exactly what you would consider uh, the best quality UFC 280 uh, pay-per-view card from a fan perspective. We only care about the bets, and there's a lot of that here. Uh, main event, interesting, I would say. Certainly not the one we expected uh, with Glover uh, to Share not being a part of it, but... Uh, what do, you guys, what do you guys think of the main event in terms of watchability, first of all, and then uh, betability or DFS play? Uh, Monk, I think you're muted. Oh,
2: shit. Of course, I thought I hit my button. Um, I don't think either one of these guys really expected to be here, per se, but this is the fight uh, that we all love to see. Everybody loves Jan. Um, I'm personally a fan of uh, his opponent as well, Ankulaev. Um, I got to lean on which way I think the fight's going to go, but I'm I'm very excited uh, for this light heavyweight title main event for sure.
3: And I'm right there with him. I think, uh, you know, anytime you get Polish power in there, there's always that chance for that big one. Uh, unfortunately, he's running into a bit of a buzzsaw who's just a phenomenal overall fighter. So it should be an exciting one. I don't think they're going to make it boring. I think it's going to be
1: a good show. All right. Well, we will get there. Of course, we start from... The first fight on the prelims before we get their last piece of business. I promise I just want to tell everyone to go to LotoWire.com free for a 10-day free trial. No credit card required. Um, get everything that is behind a paywall uh, for 10 days. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get to the fights. The first fight on the docket is uh, Cameron Seaman. At 80, 83 9300 excuse me taking on Stephen Coslow coming back at 6900 odds on this fight uh same could be had at minus 340 Coslow coming back at plus 280 and I you know I'll, I'll start this off before before I kick it I, I I just don't understand a line this wide uh particularly look this this is just maybe a bias of mine I'm not a big fan of these guys coming over from the EFC which is a South African promotion. We've had a couple of them in the UFC before. They haven't stuck around. Um, And to be honest, I I don't see anything really that special about Saban. His bout on the contender series, um, the first round, he kind of just gave away just by waiting a little too much. The opponent got ahead. He he came on stronger and and actually started to pressure and took over the fight. But you know, I I I don't know if I can trust it. I think maybe he's one of these guys who, you know, he'll he'll see the lights and he'll wither. And Steven Coslow, I mean, he's he's a brown belt submission grappler. That that might be enough here, um, just for especially from a DraftKings perspective when you're looking at 6,900 and 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 the the takedown uh, threat and submission. I think all of Stephen uh six wins, both these gentlemen are six and zero, oh, by the way. All of Stephen Costello's six wins have come by submission. Both these guys are dedicated finishers. Uh, Simon with with four TKOs in his six wins, and um, yeah, you know, the more I think about this, I, I didn't actually write it up this way because you know, t- tape is kind of scarce, and I, and I don't I don't have too much to offer in, in in that way as a breakdown. But it it's just again my maybe my my maybe my uh, justified or unjustified EFC bias. And also the fact that I didn't love what I saw from Salmon in his Contender Series debut. So I think I'm going to go for Coslo here and a big dog for the first pick of the night. I wonder how you guys feel about it. Monk, what do you think about this one? Am I I crazy or am I uh, in the ballpark here?
2: I don't think you're crazy. I mean, like you said, these guys are both 6 oh, We don't hardly know much about them whatsoever. Uh, one of them's nickname is the airport code for Minneapolis-St. Paul, and the other one's nickname is Obi-Wan Shinobi the Pillow. So really, who knows what we're going to get out of either of these guys. The line, to me, like you said, is incredibly wide, 9,300 for Simon this week, 6,900 for Coslo. That automatically puts me towards Kozlo for the DraftKings side. Um, just, you know, because 9300 is the second highest salary out of all salaries this week. And this is a guy with six professional fights. Um, he does have technically the better experience, I guess, being on the Dana White Contender Series. Um, but also right now, the projected ownership for Steven Koslow might be in the single digits. So I'm definitely going to look to be over that for sure. Uh, I mean, these guys have finished almost every single one of their fights. I mean, Kozlo 6 no, like you said, six submission finishes – If he gets this out of the first round, who knows what Simon's going to look like. We might be able to see, you know, lock up some kind of submission for Kozlo in the second. Uh, From a betting perspective, I'd honestly look at fight doesn't start round three, sits at about minus 150. Um, I do not expect this to go to decision. And uh, there's got to be some sort of value on the Kozlo side. Maybe he gets in there and Simon rolls, but we'll we'll just have to see. I'll I'll have to see it before I I believe it.
1: All right, Drake, how are you feeling
2: about this one?
3: I'm going to be a little bit opposite of you guys. Now, Coslo, you're right, 6-0, and all six of those wins by submission, all six of those wins by submission in the first round. His cardio is going to be questionable. Samon definitely has the better cardio of the two. I went and watched as many fights of his that I could. He was gun-shy in his contender series fight. That said, I don't know if we'll see the same one. I think he will in that first round kind of play a little, little hesitant to avoid getting his neck taken. But after that, I think he's going to come out and just light him up at third ninety three hundred. Do I think he hits his value? Probably not. But it's uh, you know I think he's going to come out and show what he's got.
1: All right, uh, moving on. Uh, next fight is uh, T J Brown. Or I'm sorry, let's go with the favorite first. That's Eric Silva at eighty three hundred versus T J Brown at seventy nine hundred. Odds on this fight there is uh, basically a pick em, uh a minus one ten a pop in most places. and um I think i' I think I'm gonna go. I, I, to a certain extent, both of these gentlemen are, are wrestlers and grapplers, but I think I'm gonna go with um the what i who I see as the more um, relentless wrestler and grappler, and that would be T j. Brown. Um, I've seen a lot of love for Eric Silva this week. I think um you know, he's he's kind of a showman, you know, um, Marches his opponents down, uh, down with his hands down, throws a lot of big power, can grapple in his own right. A lot, a lot, a lot of first round finishes. A couple, couple of third rounds early in his career, a lot of first round finishes after that. And TJ Brown, his game is, is to break you. Now, sometimes, um, not unlike um, a Derek Minner, sometimes, you know, that plan goes awry and he breaks himself. So uh, we'll have to be wary of that. But I think that. Eric Silva, you know, for first time coming in, and again, a lot of first-round finishes, is he going to be ready for a deep-waters guy like T.J. Brown? I think it's a real question. And I think, um, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, value on Silva, especially, you know, for that first-round finish if he gets it. But I, I think he's going to be uh, – and, and Monk might might have a little bit more uh, – what well, insight on this? I think he's going to be a little too heavily favored here. I think that uh, T.J. Brown is is um, you know DraftKings favors the wrestling and takedowns anyway. If that's the way we're looking at this, and um, for a pick 'em fight, may, I think this is maybe more of a of a of a DFS play than a bet in any in any uh, case. And I think that if you're going to play it, play for the wrestling, play for the grappling, play for the. We know that Eric Eric Silva is going to engage in the scrambles. I don't think he's going to shy away from them. And I think eventually TJ Brown breaks him there. Um, so that's the way I'm looking at this. Let's start with Drake for this one. Drake, how are you seeing this?
3: I don't disagree with you entirely. I do think that Silva is going to come out really fast and it's going to come down to whether or not Brown can weather it. <clears throat> My problem with Brown is he has not looked all that great in really any of his UFC fights, particularly his last one against uh nerd and beak. He just looked almost lazy at times. He likes to sit back and he tends to be a little too patient. if he's going to do that against Eric Silva, he's going to get himself knocked out or submitted. So I, I mean, at their prices on DK 79 and 83, I think one of them will smash value just depending on which way you go with it. Cause I do think that there is going to be a finish in this one. Um, I do. I definitely lean the way of Silva. I get that he's – I think he's 35 making his debut, but, man, he's, he's an animal when he gets into that octagon.
1: Uh, yeah, Monk, uh, how about you? How, how are you going to play this one?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you definitely have to kind of be on both sides. What we're going to see from T.J. Brown is, like you said, a bunch of, you know, hopefully grappling, control time. My issue with him is when is he going to make his T.J. Brown-type mistake? Uh, it's going to come. And can Eric Silva capitalize on that? That's the other half of the equation. Uh, if you put DraftKings scoring on Silva's DWCS fight, he would have scored almost nine points a minute and ended up with 103 in that win. So he's got you know, he's he's definitely capable. Can he capitalize on a possible TJ Brown mistake? Uh, that's kind of what we're waiting for. But a ton of takedown and control time points for these guys. If it finishes inside the distance, I expect to see some of that um, possibly a sloppy knockdown, even if one of these guys gets a, a bit too, uh, a bit too overzealous. Um, obviously TJ Brown has the strength of schedule. And the last thing I'll point out is he has, th- he is two and three in his UFC career in his three losses. He is averaging 45 DraftKings points per loss. That is the third best number on the card. Probably out of the most fights. He he scored 22 against Chavez 40 against nerd and beak and 73 against Jordan Griffin. He was pretty much winning that fight until he wasn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, average of 45 points even in a loss. So I feel pretty comfortable rostering him at 7,900. I'll have a bit of Eric Silva as well for that implied early uh, finish potential.
1: All right. And, you know, I, I, I like that addition. I mean, there is almost certainly going to be some kind of self-destruct mechanism, and it's it's, uh, it's in. in it's imperative that Silva so we'll take advantage of it or, you know, get swallowed up. Okay. Uh, as we move on, uh, lagging a little bit, sorry. As, as, uh, as we move on here, uh, uh, Billy Quarantillo at 8,600 taking on <laughs> Alexander Hernandez at 7,600. The line on this fight, uh, Hernandez uh Quarantillo can be had a minus 170, Hernandez at plus 145. Now, I I've written this, um, I've talked about this. Uh, I think that um Quarantillo is the best favorite value on the card. Uh not a big fan of uh, Alexander Hernandez. I think he's far too breakable, has been since that Cowboy Cerrone fight. Uh if he can, if he can. Press a significant advantage of you, like he did with rookies like uh, Mike Green or really hittable uh, guys. Then he's fine. He can just use his power and his athleticism and overwhelm you. But if you got a guy who's going to march him down and not break, well, then he's going to lose his confidence. We saw it against Cowboy, as I said. We saw it against Natan Oycano. Uh, as as Alexander had a good first round in that fight. Um, I just think, I just think he's. He's, um, you know, something happened to him after that loss. And and Quarantillo is the kind of guy who just won't stop. Uh, He's got over 100 DK points, I think, in, I want to say, four of his five DraftKings wins. Uh, He can grapple. He throws a ton of strikes. And um, unless Hernandez can get him out of there early, which only one person has gotten Quarantillo out of there. It hasn't happened. It was in 2016. Um, so I'm going to bet on, on Quarantillo to be durable enough to withstand this. And, um, honestly, I, I think he just, uh, this is another, this is another, uh, drowning. I think, I think this one will happen much sooner. I think that, um, by the end of the first round, this is going to be Quarantillo's fight. And then from there, um, he's just going to do whatever he wants. So I'm big, big, big on Quarantillo here. I'll have a lot of them. Uh, if, if Fernandez surprises um, it's probably going to be a bad night for me. I'll have a little bit of Hernandez just because of the power and the athleticism. But as I say, um, you know, I don't think there's as many paths for Hernandez here as you might think just by looking at uh, his skill set. Um, so yeah, uh, my pick is evidently uh, Quarantillo. Uh, Monk, how you see in this one?
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to pick Billy Q as well at uh, 8,600. He's a fantastic value. Like you said, for DraftKings. The second best player on the card, five point one six points a minute is what this guy puts up, and this is over seventy seven minutes of UFC cage time. So this is not a fluke or a one off. He's also averaging almost one seventeen per win, and much like who uh, T J Brown, who we just talked about, when he does lose, and he, he has lost twice, he's averaging over sixty points per loss. So some very good insurance there if you like him for cash as well he's only 183 dollars over his average salary averaging the second best value on the entire card I completely agree Alexander Hernandez also dropping from lightweight to featherweight did not look sucked out though looked decent on the scale I mean really looked like it was his natural weight class and everybody was saying you know how there's no he's gonna have a really hard time making 145 because he always comes in so ripped up but uh it's not really the case today but that said I'm still on the quarantine side like you said he doesn't break No matter what, that Shane Burgos fight was an all-out war and fantastic to watch. And he he was in there with Burgos the whole time. Obviously, he got beat. He also landed 164 significant strikes in that fight. So he's going to bring some action. Uh, Like you alluded to, three of his four wins, over 100 points. Um, Alexander Hernandez has given up, let's see, see, over 90 in uh, three of his losses. So three of his four losses. I like Billy Q here and I like him hopefully inside the – whether it's inside the distance or decision, I think he scores really well for 8,600.
1: All right, uh, Drake, how you, how you seeing this fight?
3: I'm with you guys. This is my favorite favorite on the card. Billy Q has been my boy since he got in. I absolutely love this guy. You brought up the Shane Burgess fight, and, man, he took 190 strikes in that fight. Still didn't go down. You, there, you can't tell me there's anything Hernandez can do to put Billy Q out. This, I mean, after the first couple minutes, this is going to be Bill Q's fight the entire time. He is going to ragdoll Hernandez until he finishes him. And I think he completely smashes value. I think he's mispriced. I think he's the minus 170 is wrong. He should be closer to about a minus 250. They, I mean, this is the best value for me on the whole card.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it kind of it, it makes me nervous when everybody's on the same guy just as strong on a favorite. Um, the public darlings, uh, sometimes burn you, but, uh, uh no, no choice. Uh, have to go with it. Should say at, at this point, um, we did, we did lose a fight, um, which would have been coming up next, which is, would have been Vinicius Salvador versus Daniel Da Silva is now off the card, which just a note here for me personally, I don't mind this fight off the card because I don't like these fights where you have to have one guy or the other. His I'm fight- so glad
2: I don't have to roster this fight anymore.
1: So glad. I'm glad
3: that Daniel De Silva, we don't get to see out more terrible fight IQ. That's, Dude. that's,
2: that's where I'm at. He has just the worst it. fight IQ
1: I've ever seen.
2: I did not want to put him in 20, 30% of my lineups. That's for freaking sure. Yep.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, it, it would have just made me angry to just have to, have to burn all those lineups when, when De Silva just looked good for about two minutes and then gave the fight away. So, yep. Um yeah so I'm glad we we agree on that as well. Uh let's let's move on uh to our next fight which is on the card which is one of the better fights on the card in my opinion which is uh Joaquin Buckley at 8500 versus Chris Curtis at 7700. Line on this fight Joaquin Buckley minus 170 uh Chris Curtis plus 145 and uh, not as drastic as some of the other ones we've seen, but I, again, would say I think the favorite is a little too wide in this spot. I love Chris Curtis. I love his style. Love his body work, the way he saps uh, the energy of his opponent. Um, Buckley, we all know his game. He can be explosive. He can even wrestle a little bit when the situation calls for it. Um, but he can also get wild uh, when the fight isn't going his way. We saw that in his last fight against uh, Nasruddin or uh, Im- Nasruddin, Imavev, Ugh, what is it, what is Na- Imavev Nasruddin or Nasruddin Imavev? Nasruddin,
3: Imavev. yeah. Okay,
1: wonderful. I, I knew I knew one of those was correct. But uh, in any event, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we, we've seen him get frustrated and sort of just go for the, the home run shot. And if he does that against Curtis, who was a really solid boxer, really good counter striker. I just don't think it's going to go well for him. I don't think he's going to be able to take Curtis down. Not only has Curtis had good takedown defense, as a matter of fact, 100% takedown defense uh, during his time in the octagon and against some better wrestlers, I would argue than Joaquin Buckley. So, um, you know, this is not going to be the case where, um, you know, the, the Hermanson fight was a, was a little bit of a surprise, but, you um, you know, it's not not that surprising. He would he would struggle fighting on the inside against a taller man. He's not going to have that problem here. Um, obviously, Buckley is live to change the course of the fight with one strike. If he does not do that, I expect Chris Curtis to have a Chris Curtis fight where he wears down the opponent, uh, maybe gets a late finish. But all in all, um, totals really well. I think um, I think this is a good fight to bet. As well, because I, I I just think this line should, you know, maybe 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 i to pick him. Maybe Curtis as a slight slight favorite, but um, I I I think this is a good spot uh, wherever you want to play it. Um, but yeah, my 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 uh, my play is Curtis, and uh, we'll start with, off with Drake. Uh, how you seeing this? One?
3: Well, you know, so the one good thing about my article being out is you can see all my picks, so I can't really change them. I took Curtis as my as one of my picks because I do think he's the better fighter. You look at uh, Buckley, he will have that one shot power that that chance is always going to be there. Curtis has already shown how tough he is. And I think what's going to happen is Curtis is going to take whatever blows that Buckley tries to give him, but he's going to end up piling on volume. Buckley's going to get frustrated, and he's just going to end up falling apart. You look at Buckley's wins, the last three, I mean, he lost to Imavav, but then he had beaten Dariyev, al Hassan, and Arroyo. None of those are huge names. I, I mean, that doesn't scare me. That I mean, he's got the one-shot power, but to me in this fight, that's all that he has. I think Curtis comes out, smashes value, and I'm going to have him. I, I'll, I'll be heavy on him.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. A uh, lot, lot of agreement so far. Let's see if we can change that going forward. Uh, Monk, what do you think about this one?
2: Um, I like this fight. I personally like Buckley. I, I just like the guy. I like him as a fighter. Um, I'd like to see him get the win here. My take on this one is probably going to be fade. I'm just going to fade this one as a whole. Uh, I'm going to get completely off of this fight right now. Their ownership is around 50 percent total between the two of them. I think I'm going to try to save some money there. I'll have more Curtis than I will Buckley, but I think I'm going to be pretty, pretty low. Uh, Both, both, neither guy scores uh, three points a minute. They average about 95, 96 per win. And I think they're going to, you know, if uh, what Drake said is correct, which I probably do agree with, Buckley could start to get worn down possibly start to get a bit frustrated. He does handle that frustration pretty well, though. He did against Imovov. He did hang in there. He did have moments in the third round, um, but it just was not enough. Unfortunately, I could see that happening again. I'm hoping it doesn't. I mean, I don't have anything against Chris Curtis. Um, I just I just I'd like to see Buckley win here, but the salary is the only reason I'd have more uh, Curtis than Buckley. I don't mind the dog pick at all, Uh, but I'm going to get a little contrarian, I think maybe and fade this one as a whole.
1: All right. Uh, m- moving on uh, to uh, the next fight is uh, Edmund Shabazian at 9400 versus Dalcha Lugambula at 6800. The line on the fight coming back is minus two 300 for Shabazian. Let's call it plus 240 for Dalcha. And this is where I think I will be the only man standing, but we'll see. I am on Dalcha here. I think that, um, Edmund Shabazian, we've, we've seen wrestlers and explosive fighters break him before and Dolce fits that category. Now he's the worst of this brand that Edmund Shabazian has fought, but I do think he is, um, in the style of a fighter as Derek Brunson, not nearly as accomplished, of course, but, um, especially going forward, like, there was a while in Dodger's career where he wasn't aggressive enough. I think he's I think he's working on that. I, I like that he's mixing in light kicks. He's using the judo more, he's using the wrestling more. Um, you know, um very muscle bound, very very prone to gassing. but show so is Edmund and and not unlike Alexander Hernandez, a guy who can have the fight beaten out of him. I think that um you know, Dalcha gets an early takedown here, as we've seen him go to his wrestling earlier and earlier. It can, you know, it can it can sway the fight, and um, Edmund might just be one of these guys who who came in uh, like a bad out of hell, and um, he has a weakness, and I think Dalcha has the skills to exploit that weakness. Um, he's 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 a, he's a little too reckless uh, for my for me to be comfortable uh, saying it to say, take it to the bank, but at 6,800. I think um, there's a good, there's a good shot. As long as he can make it past the first round and, and Dodger doesn't get finished by strikes all that often. Um, So if he can make it past the first round, I I think he's got a real shot here. I'm on, I'm on the big dog uh, once again. So um, that's two uh, big dogs for me on DraftKings two sub 7,000 plays, um, if that's either famous, the famous last words, or maybe a big night if they both come in. So uh, we'll see. But uh, Monk, we'll start with you. Uh, are you are you riding with the big dog here, or, or are we going on Edmund for a comeback? Play?
2: I imagine if the sixty-eight, if those two hit, I mean, you'll be sit. I'd be shocked if you weren't sitting real pretty. Um, I don't like the line here. The the, the difference in salary. Um, you're right. If Dolce can get out of the first round, I mean, that's a ton of value on his sixty-eight hundred dollars. My only pushback with what you said is, and I will be picking Edmund uh, here in this spot, is he switched a much-needed camp switch. Get out of Edmund. Yep. Uh, yes, Edmund, I can't, I can never, I always want to call him Targaryen. I know that's not right. Uh, Taverdian. But uh, Taverdian. Taverdian yes, thank you. Get him out of that camp. And thank goodness he got out. Hopefully he's been taking the last year and week or two uh, at, I believe, Extreme um, to build his skill set, to fix that cardio, and to really just, become the fighter that he should be he's still so young 25 years old i i you know obviously guys can fizzle out at any age i hope that's not the case because this guy showed a lot of promise did not look good in his last three fights but he did lose to guys like i don't know Derek brunson and back in 2020 how old was shabazi he just turned 25 like last month so he was like 22 23 years old fighting Derek brunson fighting jack hermanson and fighting Nasruddin Imovov. so I want to give this guy a second chance. Um, Lungi and Bula has been finished in three of his four losses. I'm not the world's biggest narrative guy, but this seems like the UFC is like, okay, Edmund, let's see what you can do here. Let's give you an invitation to come back in, um, you know, with a big finish, a big uh, KO or sub finish. And I'm I'm thinking that's probably how this is going to go. So I like Shabazi and I like him for cash. Um, I'll find a way to put him. In some GPPs, as he does score over 110 per win when he was winning. So I know it was a while ago. I'm relying on the cam switch, but at the same time, I'm not going to get overzealous. I want to see what he looks like here.
1: Uh, Drake, break the tie here.
3: All right, Monk, you said it. You took the words right from me. I think the UFC is giving him. It's an extremely winnable fight. Like he said, he switched camps. <clears throat> I saw a few clips of him. He does look like he has been working back to, you know towards what he was doing. I was at the beginning of the week, or I was a little bit on Lungi just because of his power and his wrestling, but I am extremely worried about his gas tank. I don't think that he is going to last very long, especially when Shabazian is going to be crushing his body. I, I really think he's going to kick and just, he's going to make him gas and it's going to cause him to, to be finished. His price point 9,400. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Cause if it gets outside the first round, he might have problems hitting value for it. But, um, you know, with Lungiambula where he is, it's not a bad spot to play with, you know, uh, and a, a bunch of them because he's got that chance. And if he does hit it, like you said, Chris, it's, it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on uh, to a heavyweight fight. We have Chris uh, I always want to go with the dog first. I don't know why. Is uh may- maybe that's just my uh, my subconscious bias. Is uh Jair Rosenstreich at 8700 taking on Chris Dawkins at 7500. The line on this fight, we have uh at minus 175. Dawkins coming back at plus 150. Um these are these are two boys who have had some quick finishes in the past. Um, I'm always nervous about Jair fights because he fights so slow that um, there's always a chance that um, it's a washout heavyweight fight. Duckets has been, you know, it, it's it's strange. He's been a brawler in the past, but in fights with like Shamil Durakimov, we've also seen him be, been more of a counter striker, waiting to walk uh, Shamil into traps, and it, and it did work. Um, but I think. There's a little bit of uh, of a worry of this being something of a staring match. If it's not, I think that I like Rosenstreich here. Uh, Dawkus, one of one of his main selling points, and I think the reason why he got so many early finishes when he was you know down the ranks was he has very fast hands uh, for a heavyweight that takes him very far. Um, he doesn't have faster hands than Rosenstreich, however, and I don't think he's a more accurate counter striker. I think when these two get in exchanges, I think Rosenstrike is going to find the chin more readily than Dawkins will. So um, I have to take Rosenstrike here. This might be one of those fights where, like, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, and then we see a knockout. Um, Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, But, you know, for a heavyweight bout, I might be a little under on this one just because. You know, I think these guys can stare in the mirror a little bit. And I think, you know, it might be uh, a fight where, you know, they, they just sort of one waits for the other uh, and they both look the counter and time bleeds off the clock. But my pick is going to be Rosenstruck. I think if anybody gets the knockout, it's going to be him. And uh, Monk, we'll start with you first. Uh, how are you going to play this one?
2: Yeah, I actually agree, and I'll save part of my argument for the uh, the hot takes portion of the podcast, um, but I will be under on this fight. This one and the Chris Curtis-Buckley uh, fight are the two that I'll probably be the most contrarian on. That said, Chris Dauk is one of the best DraftKings players in the game, uh, 551 DraftKings points per minute, almost 120 when he wins. A lot of that did have to do with his uh Rodrigo Nacimento win in which he scored 140, but he put up 104 against Olenek, 106 against Abdurakimov. Uh, Rosenstreich is basically a copy of Derek Lewis, but just a little less Derek Lewis, meaning that he only scores two points per minute. Lewis is under two points per minute, Uh, but he scores, he's averaging 107 per win, and that just tells you that he gets that finish early, and that is what's keeping his uh, his score so high on average. So he doesn't do anything at all if the fight gets out of the first round is basically what's happening. Um, I agree with you. I think this leans more staring contest. I think um, this fight isn't great either. I also think the Daukas's are on a legendary um, not fall from grace because they weren't that high, but they, they they need to get something rolling here. The Daukas family yeah. is having a rough, rough uh, go of it lately. So um, the pick I'll pick Rosenstreich. Um, cause I don't, I don't think the Dow are finished losing yet. Chris could honestly, I wonder what he would look like at light heavyweight. Maybe that's a discussion for another, another day, but, uh, the pick is Rosenstreich and I'll save the rest for, uh, the hot take at the end.
1: Yeah. You know, I do think, I do think I saw that that he thought of, of moving down to light heavyweight. The only thing I would say about that is I think, his fast hands are the ones saving him, and when he moves down, true, true. you know everybody's gonna have fast hands. So you know who knows uh, how that would shake out. It would be interesting to see. But uh, Drake, how how uh, what are you looking at for this fight?
3: I'm on the opposite side of both of you. All right, I think Dawkins goes back <clears throat> two three fights ago, and he fight you know he figures it out. If you told me that Rosenstruck was gonna come out and actually have some striking defense, I'd probably be on him. But his striking defense is not good. He does stand flat footed and he just waits for a power punch. <clears throat> if, uh, what I, well, I actually, this will be where my hot take is as well. So I'll save a little bit for it later. But I do think Docas comes out with those fast hands, that movement, and it's going to be lights out real
1: fast. All right. I mean, yes, uh, can certainly happen. You know, I mean, and look, we should say, um, that th- th- there is tremendous, uh, danger in, Fading a heavyweight fight in this way because you know anybody connects and uh, you know you're looking at you're looking at a good night ender and if that happens even my 6800s might not be able to save me if uh, if I'm too light on this fight but uh, but uh, you know we'll see how that goes all right uh, moving on to the next fight it is um, the youngster youngest contract in UFC history Raul Rosas Jr. taking on Jay Perrin, Raul Rosas can be had at stop lagging, please. And now I lost the page.
2: Are you on um, best fight odds? They've been awful today.
1: No, no, no. I'm on I'm on uh I'm just I'm looking for the DraftKings, but oh, gotcha. I have just for whatever reason I uh I, I I veered off of it while my computer was lagging. i let's see how my vamping skills are as the host. That is a, a key element of being host is when when things go haywire for a minute, you have to fill the dead space, uh, which I think I, I'm doing right now. Uh, I think I'm doing it pretty well. And, oh, look at that. There is the page. Okay. Um, so we have Rosas Jr. at 9,000, taking on Jay Perrin at 7,200 odds on this fight. Uh, uh, Rosas Jr. can be had at minus 240. Jay Perrin at plus 200 and um look i'm almost certain i have way too many dogs for this card but i i i I don't i don't like um when i need to rely on young kids who are grapplers um reminds me very much of a chase hooper to where um look grappling is we know it's skill-based it's also strength-based and uh when you're 18 years old 17 years old we've seen it with chase hooper it's just different trying to get some of these guys to the ground now he did well in that in his UFC uh or I'm sorry contender series fight was very creative um you know that uh that fake jump knee to the takedown attempt which uh was very slick but got reversed three or four times in that fight in, in the same manner too was very high on the back uh got reversed into side control uh three or four times um that kind of chaos that kind of you know, all over the place. Um, it's it, It's not atypical, not something you wouldn't expect from a kid that young, but um, also not something I'm th- that willing to pay 9000 for, you know. I mean, I like him. He's long. He's obviously a skilled grappler. If he wins, he's going to cover his salary. I don't have any doubts about that. I just don't know if he's ready for this level. Um, and Jay Perrin is at least a solid grappler, at least somebody who's going to try to get on the inside, going to try to fluster the young kid. Um, you know, 16 fights, 10 and six, not, uh, not a great record for Perrin. Most of those on the regional scene, most of those losses, but, um, I, I wouldn't even say that this is a bad first fight for, uh, someone as young as well, Rosas. I just don't know if his skill set is, is something I want to bank on at this salary. Um, having said that, I'm going to have both sides of this fight because I think, as I said, if Rosas wins, he will hit value. I just don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with his own chaos here. Um, so I'm taking Perrin on sort of a flyer. This is not this is not a strong dog take, as I said, but uh, I am going to go with it, and uh, we're going to see how it shakes out. Monk, we'll go to you first. How are you seeing this fight?
2: real quick my guy Lou bet you who I do a show with uh has Jay Perrin round three KO at plus 3400 on wow. uh, after yeah after he looked uh you know in the last minute of that Orici Lang fight if they had another 10 seconds on it we might be he might be sitting at one and one uh Mario Batista was his first fight that he had in the UFC that is a tough go Mario Batista' is looking real real good at uh, Bantam weight Honestly, this is a tough fight. I think the line is too wide. I don't know how I can put that much stock into an 18-year-old um, who basically only grapples, like you said, very one-dimensional. That said, I think I'm going to be stupid and talk myself into picking, not only picking uh, Rosas Jr. to win, but I will have a bunch of him in DraftKings, I think. I mean, he would have scored five points a minute in his Dana White Contender Series fight, 104 uh, in that win, which is a decent you know, decent uh, number. Not so much for 9,000. You'd like to see a bit more than that. But if he comes in here and gets, you know, takes Perrin down and rinse and repeats takedowns and maybe uh is able to stay off of his, his his back, uh, then he could look okay. I'm probably gonna be under on Jay Perrin. I mean, I think he's obviously he's the most experienced guy this kid's ever fought, but um man, I'm gonna have I guess I'm gonna have to be proven wrong by Rosas Jr. God, He's so 18 years old going against a 30-year-old Jay Perrin, and Jay looked looked fired up in there this week. So I guess I will have some just for the salary at seventy two hundred. How could you not? His projected ownership is around fifteen percent? That's it. So maybe I'll go twenty twenty five and uh, and you know hope for the best there.
1: Yeah, uh, no, no, I I agree. Uh, Drake, uh, uh, how you seeing this one? You guys hit it on the head.
3: I mean, it like you said, he's an eighteen year old kid. It's definitely hard to trust him. Um, I did take Rosas to win um, simply because I, I do think that if he gets takedowns and that he will at some point or another, he is going to control the fight. I don't think Perrin's going to get back up. Now he's, he, he does have some slick gra- grappling. He could cause some problems. He could, you know, reverse, he could find his neck, but the problem, I think the biggest issue is, is just the stage that Rosas will be on. Um, and I said it in, in my article, um, I took Rosas to win, but I said you need it's something to watch and be careful for because it's the biggest stage he's been on, it's the toughest opponents he's he's been against, and it's I mean it's not something that's guaranteed by any means. Rosas could come out, he could look slick, but then he could he doesn't have you know the man's body yet. You know, he's he's still a kid, and Perrin could easily take advantage of that. That said, if you're gonna have a debut, I think Perrin is the one to have it against because he has not looked all that great. And I mean it could easily be a setup fight. UFC is famous for it. so I mean it's it, it's a tough call. I do think he hits value. I think either one of them Jay Perrin would obviously hit value, but I do think Rosas would hit value. I think it'll be plenty of takedowns control and
1: you know a potential finish if he finds his neck. All right, uh, moving on, we have uh, I- I'm sorry, missed one Ilya Teporia – Uh, at 8,400, taking on Bryce Mitchell at 7,800. Definitely one of the watch fights on this card. Ilya Teporia has just been, you know, a dynamo coming in, uh, wrecking opponents. Uh, Bryce Mitchell uh, famously with a big, and for some, uh, present company included heartbreaking domination win over Edson Barboza uh, in his last one. Um, And in this one, you know, I think I'm going with I think I'm going with Mitchell and it was really one thing that, uh, that swayed me and, it, and it, uh, primarily anyway, and it was the third round of that Yusuf Zalal fight uh, where he looked tired. Uh, he actually got taken down himself uh, by Zalal and um, I, Mitchell can go for days with cardio. And I think that um, this one is going to go to the deep waters. Uh, Tupuria, um you know, he can march his opponents down, can throw big hands, but um, look, I, I, Bryce Mitchell had a knockdown on uh, Edson Barbosa. Not, you know, his hands improving all the time. So, um, I, I really think that um, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun watching these two scramble on the ground. Uh, that's for sure. I think Bryce Mitchell uh, is gonna get the better of it, and I think. Uh, you know, we've seen him hit those those reactive takedowns before. It's gonna be uh, good with Teporia pressuring. You know, this is this is not an easy fight to call. Um, I like a lot of what Teporia does. I think he can uh, go far in the division. I just think that uh, Mitchell is is a little bit uh, too tough to get put out. And I think if he can if he can survive, I think this is his fight. So I'm gonna have to go slightly in on Mitchell. But this is another one, especially at the price points where. I think you need uh, both sides of it. Uh, Drake, uh, h- how you you uh, seeing this one?
3: I definitely want both sides of this fight. I'm a huge fan of both guys. I love watching both of them fight. I really wish they weren't matched up right now. Um, that said, I'm a little indifferent about it. Mitchell's grappling is definitely going to be better than two, but I think Tapuria has better wrestling, and Tapuria definitely has more power. And I think that's what's going to be the difference. You saw Tapuria against Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall is also a magician on the mat, and he knocked him out. So I if Mitchell does get it down and he can keep it down and he can keep control, I think he's got a great shot of doing it again. It'll most likely be a decision, you know, 15 minutes uh, and a lot of points. But I think Tapuria comes out and he takes advantage of his striking and eventually just he finds control on the mat over Mitchell and – it's either going to be a knockout or a decision for Topuria.
1: All right, uh, uh, Monk, what about you? Uh you going with the dog here or are you rolling with Topuria?
2: I'm going to have to go with uh, Topuria, man. These Georgian, or at least the guys who represent Georgia, have been doing me so nice lately. <laughs> we had say last week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, be- yeah, Beautiful. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Topuria. Like you, you said, Mitchell is, um, I'm not going to say one-dimensional, but, Kind of one dimensional. Uh scores 1.13, po- or, sorry, 2.13 points per minute in takedowns and control time. That is basically number one on the card. But guess who's number two on the card in those categories? It's Ilya Topuria, 1.81 points per minute. And Bryce Mitchell is allowing 0.84 points a minute in those two categories put together. So one of these guys is getting controlled and the other one is not. And Topuria is the one not getting controlled. Both guys on average score like 3.87 points per win. About 97 or sorry per minute, about 97 points per win. Um the grappling numbers are really close. I know just like uh Drake said, Mitchell is probably the better grappler, but Topuria cannot be uh, you know, should not be overlooked, and the power's not even close. The striking, not even close. Topuria just needs one, whether that's in the first round, second round, third round. I thought Jai Herbert was dead. I thought he was dead in that fight. He's not dead. He is okay. He did end up beating the ghost of Kyle Nelson after that, but did uh, I mean, my goodness! And this was after Topuria. You know, he was up a weight class. Unfortunately, never do that again, please, Topuria. Uh, but he got dropped in that fight. It was not looking good in the first round. He battled back and uh, and finished the job. So I'm exp- I'm hoping for a Topuria uh, inside the distance. The longer this goes. Mitchell probably will take it, but Topuria decision is not out of the realm of possibilities. Love the salaries for these guys. you got to have both of them. I'll probably be higher on Topuria though. I think he's um, not more well-rounded. I think he has more weapons.
1: So I just realized I didn't uh, read the odds for this one, and that's because they are by themselves next to uh, fights that are not even made yet. So I don't know why they are here, but... Yeah
2: future events for some reason, which is technically true, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they could all be here, I guess. I they could agree. all be future events. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so the odds are as close as the salaries. Minus 140, Ilya Tecoria, plus 120, Bryce Mitchell. I mean, that, that should just be a good fight all the way around. So uh, we'll enjoy that one. But for now, we move on to uh, Drikas Duplices at 8,800, taking on... Darren Till at 7,400, and um, you know, <laughs> I've had so many dogs this card, this is a weird favor for me to have, I think. But I, I am on Drinkus Duplices, and I say a weird favorite because I think this is my first pick of Drinkus Duplices. I don't really like him all that much, I think he's too wild, I think he's, he's very unstructured, I think he can gas, and I think that, um. You know, he just he just looks bad at the end beginning of every second round, and somehow manages to pull out finishes. But um, the thing about Darren Till to me is, you know, t- too too long away from the octagon. He's, it's going to be over a year since he last fought, and can he keep up with the speed of this fight? I, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to do it, um, especially a guy who likes to stay back, likes to let a fight develop as Darren Till does. Two places is not going to let that happen. And um, the other thing is we've seen Drieguz uh wrestle when he needs to do that. Uh, we know how much Till struggles with wrestling. Can um, a, a long fighter like Darren Till find a counter shot here? Powerful. Yes, he can. And uh, for that reason, you should have some Darren Till, especially at the price. But um, if he doesn't find it, uh, I don't know how else he wins the fight. And I can't hinge a pick on you know finding the perfect counter you know done that before it's never worked out so uh have resolved not to do it anymore and it seems to be working out just fine so uh my pick is uh Dreykas Duplesis I will not be surprised at all if uh Till finds a knockout shot somewhere in here but I think the um the narrative of the fight and the fight dynamics are swinging towards Duplesis so that has to be my pick and we'll start with Drake on this one uh, Drake, how do you feel about Till and his return
3: here? Man, I am not a fan of Till, and I got a few reasons for it. He is a sniper, and that's about all he is. There's nothing left to Darren Till. I you know, you I think you know, you're right with Duplessis. He is wild, but I do think that fight with uh, Tavares, he learned a lot. And not only that, he did come out on top in that fight. Um, I think he has worked on managing his gas tank because he has tended to gas out a little early. And I do think he is going to come out with a little more structure, knowing that Darren Till's only way to win this fight is going to be from a knockout. Till doesn't throw any volume at all. He doesn't wrestle. He, like you said, the knockout is going to be the only way. I think Dreykus comes out and just completely demolishes him.
1: Yeah, no, I I, uh, I tend to agree. Uh, Monk, uh, you, you see any any love for Till on on the comeback? Or are we all riding the Dreykus train here?
2: I'll be right on the train with you. I think Drake summed it up perfectly. Uh, Darren Till is statistically the worst DraftKings player on the card. You cannot play him one and a half, 1.55 points per minute. This is worse than like Derek Lewis. Uh, he scores 71 points per win when he does win, which is lately very few and far between. Um, these are just very, very poor numbers. Meanwhile, Duplessis scoring like 4.3 per minute, almost 100 per win. Again, I agree with Drake. That Brad Tavares fight answered a lot of questions for me in regards to Dricka's Um, I mean, one guy looks like he was carved out of marble and the other guy looks like he just got off a shift at the factory. Basically. Uh, I don't think this one I, I I'm, I'm with Drake again here. I think this one finishes inside the distance outside of that one sniper shot that obviously Duplessis should have been training for this whole time. That's the only weapon he has to avoid. Uh, I don't see how Darren Till could possibly take this. I don't like the $7,400 salary. Um, I generally don't like the $8,800 salary. It's one of those high mid-range ones that I don't really feel comfortable playing a ton. Not the case this week. I'm expecting uh, an inside the distance finish for uh, Drikus
1: here. Uh, yeah, I Unanimous decision there for us, and as I was on the futures before, I wasn't in the place to read those salaries. So, uh, I'm sorry, the betting line. So, let me do that now. It is minus 175 for Driekes, plus 150 for Derek Till, who, as we said, is live to the account, uh, the kill shot, but uh, not much
2: in retrospect. That 175 minus 175 for he might seem like a steal if he comes yeah. out here, and looks yeah. minus 400 or something. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, as we get deeper into the main card here, it is the very late replacement, the Fight Week late replacement, uh, Alex Morono and taking on Santiago ponzanibio ponzanibio is the favorite here. Uh, remember, this was Robbie Lawler's fight. It is now Alex Morono and ponzanibio uh at 8,700, Alex Morono at 7,500. The uh, line on this fight, is Ponzinibbio minus 170, Alex Morano plus 145. And um, I'm going to continue my streak here. Uh, it's, it's very dangerous, I, I know, to take a fighter on this short notice. But the dynamics here, I think, lean f- in favor of Morano because what we've seen on Ponzinibbio lately is a guy who's fallen behind early in every fight and had to claw his way back in. Um, I don't think you can do that against an Alex Morono who's just going to be coming at you high octane from the beginning. Even more so now. We we always hear that narrative of well, look, when when a guy is coming in on such short notice, he knows he might not have the gas tank, so he's going to come at you extra hard. And um, I just I just don't know if Nibio is going to be able to to fade it or at least have Morono up up two rounds here. Um, like I said, we've seen. In fights, uh, lately the Ponzinibbio has been worn on, been beat on, had to come back, almost looked finished, came back and made entertaining fights and even won in some cases. I don't think he does it against an Alex Morano who's just going to be all over him. I can't trust Ponzinibbio here. Um, Ponzinibbio might seem attractive as the dog. He's going to be throwing a lot. Um, there's going to be a lot of heavy exchanges, but, um, I, I, I just, I just like Morano to, uh, you know, to control the pace of the fight and then wear Ponzinibbio down. And and this one, I don't think he comes back from. So my pick is uh, Morono. Uh, Monk, how you seeing this one?
2: Um, I see this one as a stay-away fight for DraftKings completely. Uh, Neither guy scores not even three points a minute. They're both at like 88 per win. I like Ponzinibbio. I'll probably pick him to win. That's, That's my pick to win. Morono just on short notice. And Ponzinibbio also... Does not have to cut that last ten pounds. That might be the key in this matchup, but we'll see about that. My issue with Ponzi is since his return uh, in twenty twenty one, he's fought Li Jing Lang, Jeff Neal, uh, Michel Pajeta, Miguel Baeza. He's only beaten Baeza. He's gone one in three since then. He only scored seventy eight points in that Baeza fight. So I'm looking to fade this fight uh, as a whole. Uh, I think this goes to this has decision written all over it. Um, yeah, I'll be under the field here. My pick, though, is uh, Santiago for the win.
1: And I, I would add just quickly that Baez fight uh, one of the fights that I was alluding to, where he fell behind early and uh, re- re- really really made made a fight of it and came out on top. But uh, man, was it looking dangerous for a while. So uh, yeah, that's um, that's adds to my concerns. Uh, Drake, uh, how about you? How do you feel about this one?
3: I am all over Morono this is not his first short notice fight it's not going to be his last this dude is always ready he is always ready to go i think ponzinibbio is a shell of what he used to be he has not returned from that injury very well he is far too hesitant and that's how he gets behind and against a guy like morono who can throw volume for days it's just going to kill him and mix in a takedown or two for morono because he he does have decent wrestling in his back pocket i don't think that ponzinibbio is going to last I mean, this was, probably does go to a decision. Um, <clears throat> I do think that at 7,500, Morono could hit 90 points, which would be value. I do think he's going to be able to pile up volume in this fight, and that he's absolutely my
1: pick to win. Yeah, no, I I, I agree 100. Um, and as as we are all alluding to hot takes, uh, my hot take has something to do with this. Maybe maybe you can guess, but uh, we we will go uh, to that later. Uh, for now, we will move. To our uh, co main event, it is Jared, uh, Patty Pimblet at 9100 taking on Jared Gordon at 7100. And, uh, fellas, I have never rooted so hard against one of my own picks, but I am taking Patty Pimblet here. Uh, I have to be an analyst and, and take uh, personal prejudices out of it, so therefore, I am on Pimblet. I think, um, you know, Pimblett is is surviving uh, uh, up the ranks here based on his his physicality, his grappling, and his length. I think all three of those things are going to play here. I think that um, at, you know Jared Gordon was really exciting when he first came on because he was one of these guys who would just kill you with pace and just sort of just sort of leave you uh, in in the third round dead and and put up a bunch of points. Uh, as his he still tries to put on pace, but I think his gas tank is failing him now more than it has in the past, which limits him somewhat. Um, I think that Pimblett is going to be the better grappler here. And I don't think Gordon is going to shy away from exchanges, which I think is going to hurt him in a spot like this. I I wouldn't put Pimblett on par of a grappler as um, uh, Grant Dawson. But I do think that it's similar in, you know, the way Pimblett can take the back and how quickly we saw uh, 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 how quickly we saw Grant Dawson get to those positions so um, i think pimblet is unfortunately regrettably going to find another one here i actually did write this up in my, one of my articles this week as patty pimblet by submission i think he finds it here i am like the rest of you and not just because i don't like him um Waiting to fade Patty just because his striking defense is zero. We've already seen that in um, in his fights. But, you know, I don't think Gordon has the kind of power or um, consistent striking attack to do that here. I think this is going to be largely grappling-based, and I think that Patty's going to take it. So um, with a heavy sigh, my pick is Patty Pimblett, And we'll go to Drake first. Drake, how do you see this one?
3: Patty the Batty. Yeah, dude, I have been a fan with him, of him since he was Cage Warriors before then. I love this kid, man. I need anybody that can bring that type of excitement to a fight. And not to mention, this is a little side note, he is a phenomenal human being. He really is. Look at all the stuff that he does for the community and everybody else. He's a great person. Um, that said, <clears throat> a lot of people were on Gordon or are on Gordon. I don't really know why Gordon has, to me, has not really fought and beaten anybody. All of his fights in the UFC have pretty much gone to a decision except for when he lost. Um, and <clears throat> you said that uh, I don't agree with you saying that his grappling is not up to the par of Dawson's. I think his grappling is actually better than Dawson. I think Dawson is just stronger. We saw what Patty Pimblett did to Jordan Levitt and, I mean, Levitt is not a bad grappler by any means. That's what he is known for. It's what he's good at. And he made – Patty made him look silly. So I think it's going to be really quick. I think Patty will probably get hit once or twice. Might stun him a little bit. Vendramini stunned him a little bit, and look what happened. Turn right right, back around. Um, I do agree he does need to work on that striking defense a little bit. I think that will come, especially when he knows the talent that he's going to be facing. But it should be lights out pretty quickly once this hits
1: the mat. Yeah, no, I, uh, we we do agree ultimately there, uh, Monk. How uh, you seeing this one?
2: Yeah, we're gonna go three for three here. It's it's probably gonna be Patty. I will be rooting for uh, Jared Flash Gordon, um, however, but uh, to avoid all the all the uh, you know the Twitter takes and whatnot, I'll just stick with some stats here. Uh, to be completely honest, I mean, Patty scores very well. Three and a half points a minute. 101 and a half when he wins. I mean, at 9,100, he might need to score a little bit better uh, to make the optimal lineup. Against Kazula Vargas, he was 9,400, only put up 98. But he did put up 119 against the uh, aforementioned Luigi Vendermini uh, on his last fight against Levitt, only 87. So I might be fading him a little bit. His ownership, obviously, is going to be the highest on the card, most likely. Um, Probably somewhere between 40, 45, 50%. I'll probably be a little under that there is value on jared uh gordon here guys 7100 what do you get for that though he's 1150 under his average he scores 4.7 points per minute this is over 130 minutes of ufc cage time 105.8 when he wins over seven wins but like drake said when he loses he's been finished in all four losses uh so if you think that's how this is going to go i would be a little trepidatious on him but at 7100 I mean, he's going to be one of everybody's favorite dogs because people are going to love to pick against Patty Pimblett, especially yeah. at the $7,100 price tag. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to avoid getting Jared Gordon in my lineups. I don't necessarily want to, but I don't I don't want to have too much of him. And that's that's what I think is going to happen with a lot of people because, like you guys, I do think Patty comes in here, finishes this fight early, uh, and gets Jared Gordon out of there.
1: You know, um, Twitter takes against Patty aside, so I think people have – people get in this mode where they look to fade certain fighters. And then when, when you get in that mode, I think they look to do it regardless of what the matchup is. And they just say, okay, well, this time it's going to go. Well, no, I mean, you have to look at the specific matchups. And I think I think we agree here that, that Jared Gordon isn't the one here. So if, if that, you know, curtails the ownership of Patty and, and, and puts it on Gordon, you know, so much the better. Uh, you know, we're here to make money. After all, and uh, I think Patty, I agree with you guys. I think Patty's the one to do it. All right, so we're going to move on to the main event here. It is um, Magomed Ankulayev at 9,200, taking on uh, Jan Blakovich at 7,000. The line on this fight is uh, Magomed Ankulayev at minus 350. Jan Blagovic at plus two sixty. Um, this was the fight that was so cruelly robbed from Glover Teixeira. Um, won't get into that too much, but um, you know, another 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 reason why the UFC is not my favorite company. Although I, I love the fighters, of course. Um, I this is another this is another one for me that. I'm I'm just a little bit of afraid of, of how it might score. Um, when you look at Ankalaev, yeah, he, he's actually got more finishes than not in his UFC to, in his UFC career. I think it's five and four. But if you look at the guys, he's finished. It's Kutalava twice. It's it's Marchion It's it's Dodger Champion, who we mentioned earlier. It's all these guys who are glass cannons who are going to bring the action. That's not really on it's Both these guys. I, I don't want to tread on monk's territory too much but i'm gonna get into some stats here myself uh both these guys um under under well under four uh strikes landed per minute um neither get hit, gets hit uh well under three absorbed per minute so this i think could go a little bit slowly could be a little bit of uh of what we saw in the thiago santos fight where um uh, more and more counter ability i do expect Jan to try to use his grappling a little more. Um, we haven't really seen Ankalyev off his back and we haven't really seen him look to use uh, his wrestling. Um, he's not hes not really a submission guy, which you wouldn't expect. Um, not from a fighter from Dagestan. In fact, I don't think he has any submission wins. His his uh, grappling is more uh, take you down and, and smash you when uh, when we get there. But I, I actually think Jan is going to be the one to try and wrestle here. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna. I'm taking the dog here, just purely based on salaries. I, I don't. I don't think Ankolaev covers 9,200. I think Jan got a better chance. I think Jan is a very underrated boxer with a very underrated jab, um, and I think he's very strong. And I think that wrestling can come into play here. Ankolaev, look, when he has the right opponent, he can make magic happen. Uh, when he doesn't, um, it can sort of just be a slow process. Where he picks the opponent apart i don't think he makes 9200. even if you want to pick him but i am going to go with blackowich here and we'll start the main event off with monk how do you see us uh this yourself
2: um i think it's you know i respect the dog play i like jan bakovic i'm gonna be on the other side however uh i'm gonna take magomed to be uh and new light heavyweight champion 9200 i do think you're right this may be a time where he has a hard a hard uh, or an issue paying off that 9200 dollar salary. Um he scores 3.3 points a minute 94 per win. If you're only going to score 94 and you're 9200, boy there's going to have to be it's going to have to be either all chalk for you to even think about sniffing that optimal lineup or this might be the lowest scoring pay-per-view of all time to make the optimal there. His defensive pace is where he shines. He allows 1.3 points per minute. This is over 111 minutes of UFC fight time. Only 68 is what he gave up when he lost. Um, I think Jan is, uh, you know, I I like the guy, but I think if he wants to grapple here, I think Ankalaev. all it's going to take is maybe one trip um, and then just he's going to be on top and then the bell's going to ring and then second round's going to happen. One trip and he's going to be on top. I just think that's how this one goes until he eventually finishes the fight. I'm thinking ground to pound TKO late late 3rd, 4th round, something like that. I expect Ankaliev to uh finish the fight uh in the later rounds, not paying off his $9200 salary though. Um so I think he's going to get the and new. I just I'm going to be probably under uh for ownership for this one, but um yeah, I mean shouts to you if you had Ankaliev to uh be the champion uh by the end of 2022. I heard that was like 10 to 1 earlier in the year, so hopefully people got in on that. I don't think either one of these guys expected to be here today. I mean, maybe one of them you could make an argument, you know, but Yuri out, Glover's nowhere to be found. All of a sudden we got Jan and, and Ankaliev fighting for a, a vacant title. So anything could happen, I think Ankalayev is uh stronger and he's gonna show it here though.
1: See, even when I when I do not matter, because monk comes with the with the much more I'll give you some so. different, I'll give you he some different ones. Advantage. Don't worry. <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love it. Uh, Drake, uh, take take a soulmate. Who you got in the main event? Uh Ankalev all day.
3: I said so <clears throat> I'm gonna read it straight from my article. I got Blahovich will likely need a knockout to take the belt. His powers is the only thing he's gonna have edge and edge in. Ankalaev is as close to a flawless fighter as you can get. And I honestly mean that. His defense is probably the best in the division. It might be the best in the UFC. His defense is incredible. He has crisp technical striking. He has an excellent ground game. His wrestling, his grappling. I mean, this is a about as close to a flawless fighter as you can get. And I do not think Blovich has anything on him. I think he if he does not get him square, which nobody seems to be able to, then there's no chance. And, I mean, you look at um, Uncle Iev's record, he lost one fight. That random Hail Mary submission to Paul Craig, he should be 19-0. That was an amazing fight. You can bet that that mistake will never happen again. And I see Ankalaev and new and keeping this belt for three to five years. I really do. This dude
1: is amazing. You know, there there is there's there is a, a pretty significant part of me that wants Ankalaev to never lose again and just have that as the only loss in his record. So that when <laughs> everybody sees it, it's like, oh, how did you lose? Oh, well, I was winning the entire, literally the entire fight, and then I lost to the goat, Paul Craig. Oh uh,
3: yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you not how
1: do you not love that guy? But uh, oh, he's,
3: yeah, I love him.
1: To get to get a, to get a little petty here was knocked down by Tiago Santos, but very different fighter, very very different fighter. So, Pastor uh, Hands and blow, bitch, too. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, no question. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I I I certainly understand the Ankolya pick. Uh, it it's it's definitely more of a salary play. I just I just. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe recency bias. I don't really count the, um, the Anthony Smith because uh, you know that happened with his leg. He hurt his leg, and then that was the finish. That fight was going pretty slowly as well. I'm just, I, I'm just uh, concerned about uh, salary. But I do take your points as uh, you know, have as two as guys
3: good. below 7K. What are you worried about salary for? <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying generally as he's uh, going to
3: have five dogs in his lineup. Yeah, in
1: well, no, 42, I'm, I'm, I'm actually $6,700 on the table. That's my Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so that is going to be the card. Um, look, if there's any uh, hot takes in the chat, uh, get them up now. Hot takes if you are just joining us. Any dog play, anything that, uh, you know, is going to be uh, very juicy on the plus money. We, we're, we're trying to go at least plus 300, folks. We're... We're we're, uh, we're we're heavy hitters here. So anything that uh, is big plus money that, that you think can reasonably come in, that somebody can, you know, throw a few dollars on, throw throw some beer money on, see uh, see see if they can take it. I will go first. Um, I think we all alluded to ours. I said mine was going to be Morono. Uh, I think I saw Morono, and uh, this one has to be, plus 650 on the knockout, which is bizarre to me. I know that um, – uh, Ponzinibbio has been durable. I know that Morono hasn't been the best finisher. Having said all of that, um, I think we all agreed that Ponzinibbio has looked pretty worn as he's come back. And uh, he's going to get blitzed here. And uh, I don't know if he's going to survive. And at plus 650, it's sure as hell worthy of a shot. Uh, so that is my hot take. Uh, we'll go to you first, Monk. Uh, what is the plus play that everybody should be looking
2: at. Love it. I think you sold yours short. It's like average on plus 700, even plus 800 somewhere, maybe around FanDuel area. So that's a good one. Uh, I'll give you the one I alluded to earlier. I'm going Rosenstrike. Uh Goes to Decision. You can find that uh, plus 350 right about there, like BetOnline DraftKings, plus 420 over at FanDuel, uh, if you're into that type of thing. Yeah, I think this one turns into a steering contest. So that's, uh, you know, Obviously, you know quarter unit, little half unit, little play there, maybe something like that. Uh Plus three fifty, plus four hundred odds from two guys that hopefully will just stare at each other for. F- That's going to be the sweat of all sweats, but yeah, it could pay off.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I agree with. I've actually I've, I tried it before uh, with the uh, Augusto Sakai fight, and end of around one it was going perfectly, and then there was yeah no <laughs> until it until it's
2: <laughs> not. <laughs> it's-
1: that's all it takes. So, uh, but no, but no, I, I do like that play as well. Uh, uh, Drake, what do you got for us?
3: I'm gonna give you two, if you don't mind.
1: <clears throat> Please.
3: First one is gonna be I'm going completely opposite of you, Monk. You ready for this? All right, let's do Doctor it. By TKO. KO, stoppage, round one. You can find it at plus 400. Ooh. And I would take you further if you can find it. He's going to take a page out of the Pavlovich book, and he's going to finish him in 60 seconds.
2: Oh, my oh goodness. My goodness. Then I'll be would... Fa- I would have chosen the wrong fight to fade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <And that laughs> was, those 60-second those, those bets, I, I think you can find them in certain places. Uh, they're definitely a lot of fun. And uh, if you can't, I mean, certainly play it on DraftKings because uh, that's where that bonus – uh, lies for DFS, and uh, that yep. would definitely be a big one. Um, gonna,
3: all right, I, I want to give a two player parlay real quick here. Oh,
1: yeah, go ahead.
3: So, you can find uh, Dodds somewhere between I've seen Billy Q as low as minus 160 now, and I've seen Dreykus Duplessis around that. But those two together, minus they're both about one minus 170, put them together, and you
1: get a, a nice two player parlay right there.
2: I love that, yeah, I love I, it. That I,
1: I like that as well. Um, there's something there's something in my DNA that won't let me trust uh duplicity and to that extent. I don't think I could muster the strength to put him in a parliament but I I don't I don't hate it. I and I definitely see it um and uh, I definitely agree with uh, everything yes. you said about the dynamics. So, yeah, I definitely want to take a look at All right, I think we're going to wrap up. Uh having said that, guys, uh, great show. Thank you both so much for filling in. It was a blast, as always. Um, Thanks for having me. I really uh, appreciate it. it, guys. Do you ha- you have anything to promote, or just say where you uh, can be found, or Monkey? You want to start that off?
2: Yeah, I'll go ahead and start it off again. Thank you for any time. Seriously, any time. I absolutely love doing the show. I love uh, DraftKings heavy shows. That's that's right. My that's my bread and butter. The kind of the lane I picked for myself. So I absolutely love it uh love you you know you you sean and Sunzu are fantastic guys to watch so be sure to hit that like on this video and rotor wild for sure uh but you can find me monk maddox on youtube i've got a, a 13 well it was a 13 or 14 card breakdown now it's a 12 card breakdown or 12 fight breakdown uh for ufc 282 on my channel spelled just like it is right under right there um you can find me on the mma engine do a little thing called salary voodoo where I uh, get crazy with some some stats that nobody else has and uh, let you know who to start for uh, GPPs or who not to start. Um, other than that, guys, yeah, just thank, thanks a ton for having me on and check out these guys' stuff over on RotorWire.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we love the advanced stats. Uh, Drake, we know we know about your articles on RotorWire, of course. Is there anything else you want to promote or uh, tell nope. us where we can find you?
3: Me and my buddy just started up a brand new little podcast video that we're doing every week, similar to this. Uh, not quite as in depth, but you know, just a little breakdown. It's it's picks. Sorry. It's time. UFC picks on YouTube. Uh, also made a Facebook page. It's time picks. And, you know, any support there would be great. Um, you know, thanks for having me. Thanks for having monk. You guys are awesome. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this and hope we can do it again.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, you guys are always welcome again. Great show. Um, you can find my work on Roto-Wire as well. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for tuning in. And good luck in all your contests. That'll be it for us. And uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, have a good one.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.